Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Lollipop, lollipop, Good afternoon, Delight, and welcome to the show that is Sugary Spiceness and Everything Niceness on OCRFM, which is 98.3 across Colac and District, 88.7 FM along the coast, or perhaps you're streaming us via the uh, Community Radio Plus app or any other digital device that streams things. <laughs> How's it going, Max? Yeah, good. Not too uh, chilly for you out there? No, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Winter has certainly set in. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing to celebrate the long weekend? Uh, just camping out. Camping out? Yeah. Staying uh, warm and dry? Yeah. It has been pretty wet and windy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> What's been the best bit about camping? Uh, just being out there with friends. Yep. Nice, nice. And I believe uh, something else to celebrate this week. You may have taken out a certain competition or made it through to finals or something... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> robotics competition. Yeah. Talk us through that. Um, it's just part of school. Yeah. Uh, have the robots. Mm-hmm. And um, we went out, in, out to Geelong to... Compete? Yeah. Yeah. And we won. <laughs> so what did your robot have to do? Play soccer. So it's it's pretty intense. It's not just oh yeah, I built a robot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how long have you been working through that? Um, they've been designing these ones since December, I think it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's a pretty full on, uh, pretty full on job. But uh, congrats. So where to from here? Um, I think it's Melbourne. Yep. Mm, yeah. Nice. Any. Uh, Afternoon Delight Lolly robots on the, the cards. What sort of robotics do you think is involved with uh, lolly making these days? Um, There'd be a lot, actually, come to think of it. A lot of people, yeah, people-powered people things of the past would be uh, turning to computerization and robots. Yeah. There. Is that the sort of field you think you might uh, end up in? or? I uh, don't think so. <laughs> not, not sure? Just do it for the fun of it, eh? Hey? Yeah. Well, uh, let's get this here show on the road, shall we? Which is all about uh, sugary spiciness and everything niceness in the afternoon. And uh, we're going to kick off by checking out what's new on the shelf. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 Righto, Max. What is new on the shelf? It's an Arnott's Obsessions. Yeah, so these came out in oh, March this year, and uh, I've been, you know, with all the new things that come out on the shelf, it's hard to get around to everything all at once. So uh, what are Arnott's obsessions? What makes them different to uh, any other run-of-the-mill Arnott's biscuit? Um, it says it's a biscuit with a luscious du- 
dark center, mm-hmm. crispy mint chips, and a milk chocolate coating. So there's four different flavors in the range. Um, li- thinking the one that you've got there must be the mint one from yeah. the, the description. We've got, uh, yeah, they've, they've got a dark chocolate center and then a different flavor. So there's salted caramel, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, and uh, your favorite, I'm guessing, off the bat, the mint chocolate one. And so the dark chocolate one has that velvety dark center with dark chocolate coating. And then the salted caramel one uh, is a salted caramel center, caramel crisp, and dark chocolate coating. So uh, we're going very dark chocolate. Sadly, the uh, milk chocolate one was sold out. I could not get my hands on it at all. But uh, the four different flavours, yeah, all very, very different from each other. Quite decadent. I'm assuming going to be very rich with all that dark chocolate coating. So uh, where are you wanting to kick off with first? Are you leaving your favourite to last or uh, we're going to start with that one? Um, Take the dark one first. Dark chocolate. Okay, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Try and get it over and done with. (laughs) Uh, So the Obsession range, they look a little bit like... I was going to say chocolate um, royals, but it's not. It's got it. It's got like a bumpy texture to it, and I'm trying to think which biscuit has the the peanut cluster in the top of it. Can you think of the biscuit I'm thinking of? Chocolate with a bumpy top. I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, let's have a look at these and see uh, what they look like. So they look a, a little bit like the base of a mint patty. Or the um, the not the after dinner mints, but the the mint chocolate biscuits that aren't at do. Oh yeah. Uh, and then it's got that coating of dark chocolate on the outside. But yeah, it's uh-huh. a little bit lumpy and bumpy because of the the various fillings of it. Uh-huh. So this one's a crunchy cocoa filling with dark chocolate coating and a velvety dark center. We promised. What are you thinking before we uh, jump into it? Not sure. <laughs> Not sure? It's looking very dark chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Um, which could be the flavour of the day, actually, with today's show, now that I'm uh, looking ahead. But uh, you've given a, a bust open in the middle. Ooh, uh-huh. What do you notice? It is dark. <laughs> dark all the way through. And that, yeah, it's a almost a fondant-style centre, like a very mm-hmm. thick chocolate icing. But very cocoa-y. <laughs> that is that is pure um, pure cocoa taste. Man, oh man. Okay, you're having a nibble on the biscuit there. Mm-hmm. Got the crunch factor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, very rich indeed. Chocolate covered in chocolate with some more crunchy chocolate. <laughs> and to top it off, a chocolate center. Yeah. And yet, you can identify the different layers so there's a a thin outer layer of dark chocolate then you get to the chocolatey center so it's a chocolate biscuit as well there's pieces of chocolate they're calling them chocolate nibs but i'd just say crushed up dark chocolate and then that really gooey center Mm -hmm. which is a different taste again it doesn't get a really dark chocolate taste until you get to the centre. Yeah. It melds well okay. What are you thinking? It's not as 
dark chocolatey as I thought it would be. It but looks yeah. threatening on the box, doesn't it? Yeah. You think, oh no, it's just going to be like eating a block of dark chocolate, but it's really only the dark centre that has that really cocoa-y taste. Yeah. The rest is sweet enough that when you chew through it together, it, yeah, it mellows it out, I guess. Uh-huh. Makes it palatable. Yeah. The hard chocolate chip bits in the middle, though, they're they're a bit too uh, grind <laughs> and then get down with a, a good crunch. Yeah. But uh, thumbs up, thumbs down for that one? Uh, one thumb up, probably. One, yeah. So it's nice. As I say, um, dark chocolate lovers probably going to enjoy it quite a lot. Yeah. But, um, hmm. Yeah. It, it, it works. Yeah. I'm not going to complain about it. <laughs> um, do we want a salted caramel our way out of that one? Yeah. Righto. Oh, I should be checking the packaging out. So they come in a box that's then got a plastic layered container and there's six to a box. <laughs> so they're those upmarket biscuits. Like Tim Tam we've spoken about before on the show, they have 11 yeah. in the uh, the packet so that you have to buy two packets to be able to share them <laughs> equally. These, not many biscuits in the pack. If you're trying to uh, have a fancy afternoon tea... It's going to be a few packs to fill the plate. Mm. I mean, they're presented nicely, but... They look like the sort of expensive biscuits that mm. you have at a formal... Yeah, event, event of some description. Yeah, this is uh, one to go next to the coffee cup. Yeah. <laughs> You're not displaying this on a... It's not your, uh, you know, aren't it's assorted biscuits just all out on the plate. Yeah. And I really wish that I could think of this chocolate biscuit's name so that people at home... Uh, who are trying to picture the one that I'm talking about, they're probably yelling at their uh, speaker at the moment, knowing exactly which one I'm talking about. But uh, for the life of me, I can't think what it's called. Anywho, (laughs) enough about that. Let's talk the salted caramel Arnott's obsession. So again, we've got the dark chocolate outside, thin layer. This time, now we had Caramello Koala on the show last episode how are you comparing the the caramel with that it's still gooey but is it thicker or am I imagining things I think it is a bit thicker mm. so they've somehow managed to make a thick gooey caramel that's really nice I mean it's very sweet Yeah. especially compared to the dark chocolate one it's got that What's the layer after the biscuit? So it's chocolate coating biscuit. Is that a further chocolate cream before the caramel center? I think it might be. Mmm. Heaps of layers to this biscuit. That's good. It's got some caramel crisp through it as well. Are you getting mm-hmm. that? Yeah. I guess for anyone that... Um, savors their biscuits this is this is going to do your head in there's <laughs> so many different elements to it there's at least three different textures from the <laughs> the solid biscuit to the crunch to the melt in your mouth centers and the the outer layer taste all the way through to the really sugary center 
again, melds well, but it's got a, I think this is a lot sweeter. Is it too sweet? I think it's alright. You think it's alright? Yeah. Again, most people aren't going to be picking it to pieces, eating it bit by bit by bit like we are. But uh, if you put the whole thing in and chomp down on it, yeah, good mix. Yeah. Uh, comparison to the dark chocolate? This one's way better. <laughs> way better? Mm. Yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, two thumbs up. Mm. Which means, where are you <laughs> going to be able to go for the mint one? <laughs> one to go. So if you just tuned in, we're talking Arnott's Obsession Biscuits. Now, I'm already noticing something quite different about uh, these ones. Yeah. It's actually got a milk chocolate outside. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> Although, the odd thing is, often mint goes with dark chocolate. Yeah. So, uh, I'll be interested to see how the uh, the breakdown of the biscuit works. Still got that really dark centre. Is this one darker than the dark chocolate one? <laughs> I'm wondering that. It's almost a ganache. Yeah. And I think it's um, a bit shorter, too. Mm-hmm. Flatter? Yeah, because it doesn't have the... Ah, the raised bits of chocolate piece. It does yeah. have um, crunchy little bits of bright green... Is it peppermint, spearmint? Are they clarifying that or just mint? Crispy mint chips. <laughs> Crispy mint chips. So uh, it'll be up to us to decide whether it's peppermint <laughs> or spearmint. Okay. Very crispy pieces mm-hmm. of brittle mint, <laughs> whatever crisp mint is. Got the crunch, got the chew. I think they made a wise choice making it a milk chocolate coating instead of dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be the fact that I've just eaten two other biscuits that were coated in dark chocolate. Um, can you narrow down? Is it spearmint or peppermint? I feel like it's peppermint, but I'm not sure. It, it's not as intense. Like, it's not that toothpastey spearmint, so it could possibly be peppermint. It, it leaves that refreshing minty taste, so it's almost like eating a, one of those chocolate dinner mint biscuits. Yeah. Or chalk mint biscuits. Do I even need to ask where you're comparing this against the salted caramel and the the dark chocolate obsession? Um, Ooh, he's looking thoughtful. <laughs> I'm not sure which one's better, the salted caramel or the mint. I probably could have done a bit more mint in the uh-huh. mint one. You are yeah. the mint fanatic. <laughs> Dear Mr. Arnott's. <laughs> um, so uh, on par. Can't split them. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll stick these up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. Let us know if you've tried the Arnott's Obsessions with their, yeah, very thick and uh, delicious chocolate centres. But um, I think I'm going the salted caramel. Yeah. It was very, very sweet, but I think overall um, with the trio that we've tried... It, it's the one that's winning out for me just because the sweetness overpowers any of the too dark chocolate taste in the centre. Yeah. The mint's nice. It does leave that, as I say, refreshing kind of minty 
<laughs> coolness. Yeah. The the dark chocolate was nice, but I don't think I could eat more than one <laughs> at a time if I was going to sit down and eat a couple of biscuits, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking when it comes to the the goods? Um, sugar content and stuff like that. Oh, wow. It's got a 0. 0.5 st- health star rating out of five. Yeah. Not so crash hot. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after this to check out this week's topic, which is the phrase chocolate brand. So stick around. You're listening to OCRFM. <laughs> It's time and afternoon delight for us to take a look at this week's topic, Max, which I'll admit, I didn't realise we've brushed over this topic before. So when we were looking at uh, chocolate as a whole, um, many episodes ago for World Chocolate Day, we looked at different types of dark chocolate and we were looking for the darkest of the dark. And in that, uh, we came across Frey Chocolate, which is a chocolate brand. Um, it's a Swiss chocolate brand that is renowned as the world uh, leader when it comes to chocolate manufacturing. And the Swiss are well renowned for chocolate making. So to be the best of the best is, uh, yeah, quite a uh, quite a hallmark. So. Um, they're based in the, uh, the Swiss canton of Argal, manufacturing both chocolate and chewing gum. They were founded in 1887 by a couple of brothers, Robert and Max Frey, hence their name, <laughs> Frey Chocolate. They'd already both gained experience in the manufacturing of chocolate before they started this business. Uh, after training as employees in Paris... Robert dealt with the machines for the manufacture of chocolate, and then Max completed his commercial apprenticeship in Zurich and went on to uh, Brazil after that. So they founded their general partnership on the 17th of December, 1887, and then developed the Conch in 1879. So um, this is a a type of uh, processing in chocolate where the surface... Um, scraping mixer and agitator distributes the cocoa butter within the chocolate and it kind of polishes the particles, so to speak. <laughs> so we're getting really scientific here. But um, with that advancement in, uh, you know, 1879, so the business has been going for, um, you know, 10 years after this development, the production of chocolate was just everywhere. So yeah. the Swiss became uh, quite... Uh, pronounced at being able to uh, manufacture chocolate because they were using this technique in the very early heyday. So Robert was very familiar with uh, the technique. He integrated into the company and they were churning out chocolate, chocolate, chocolate and chocolate with uh, these fancy electrical machines. (laughs) So by 1906, they became a public company and started to manufacture chocolate bars and chocolate powder. Uh, they also manufactured soups and tonics, as was of the time. Um, they they were later removed from the range of products, and they focused all their attention on what their bestseller was, which was chocolate. <laughs> During the First World War, the company benefited from Switzerland's neutral position uh, as open customs facilitated the export of chocolate. 
However, it was very difficult for them to procure the raw materials, such as the cocoa. Uh, as a result, the good sales price abroad um, wasn't matched to the fact that they couldn't keep up with the chocolate making process itself. So through export, their turnover could have doubled, but um, back then chocolate was available to uh, Germans, French and the Swedish. They started exporting chocolate to England. So they were supporting kind of both sides of the war effort. Um, but with the end of the war, the profits started to slump. Germany and France were preoccupied with restructuring and reconstructing what had uh, occurred after the war, so they were no longer trading partners, and that left England. So it forced the company to downgrade their sales to the domestic market, and at the beginning of the 1920s, sadly, the company began to teeter on the brink of collapse. For uh, quite extended periods of time, there would be weeks where there was no chocolate produced, by the mid-1920s, a new board of directors took to the foreign trade market again, and then there was the global economic crisis. During these years, Robert uh, Frey Jr., who was the son of the founding uh, brother, gradually took over the management. His father had already familiarised him with the company well into its establishment. This way, he was able to ensure that the public company remained a family-owned business, he retired from the board of directors in 1932, and then one year later, his brother, uh, Max Frey, the elder, died. The company had a tough, tough struggle sorry, through the Second World War. Foreign trade was complicated. New import regulations on sugar and cocoa limited them a great deal, and a lot of the employees were called up for military service, so the company didn't have enough people to work the factories to produce the chocolate. The demand was still on the increase because chocolate heading off to war gave that little sugar rush that uh, helped people survive through the day, but it just couldn't be met due to the lack of manpower. So in 1946, for the first time, the board of directors came up with the idea of looking for other partners to join the company. Four years later, Migros took over and Frey is the oldest acquired company of Migros. It was their first one to uh, be picked up. Initially, the alliance appeared to be debatable because up until then, Migros owned its own chocolate factory. However, once they signed the agreement, um, the chocolate factory adapted to the new owner's terms. The company management remained in the hands of Robert Frey and the company developments started all over again. So from 1963 onwards, the um, headquarters were rebuilt in a new location and um, the chocolate started to, to flow again. It became a modern and successful industrial firm and since 1974, it's the only Swiss manufacturer that produces chewing gum, which accounts for uh, about 10% of its annual turnover. Then uh, they started international trade in the uh, 1980s. So for the first time since the Second World War, they started to sell to the United Kingdom, the USA, Denmark, Austria, and Japan. Later on, uh, Southeast Asia and France came on board and started buying their chocolate as well. And by 1997, the company launched its very own Chocolate Fray International with exports across majority of the Western world. These days... Um, the foreign market is the company's most important 
growth factor since 2007. Um, international retail, uh, such as duty-free at airports and collaboration with trade partners, such as major supermarket chains, means that their products are on the shelf and being sold because it's hard to uh, keep up a, a Swiss-only chocolate um, factory. And as of uh, 2012, they celebrated their 125th anniversary with a new visitor centre being opened in 2014 and their requirement of the New American Sweetworks Confection in Buffalo and Toronto. So their logo uh, on their packaging has a unicorn head. Um, have you any idea why there might be a unicorn on their company logo? I'm not sure. It's basically, it's just a, an element of the family crest. So uh, lots of families had uh, traditional crests that they would display and the unicorn was part of theirs. So Max and Robert decided to not only use their surname, but also incorporate the unicorn into their logo. And um, Swiss chocolate since 1887 is the translation of Chocolat Suis Depuis 1887. So it's, um, yeah, it's been around for quite a long time. One thing that I noted when I was uh, picking this chocolate up from the local uh, supermarket, it's on the bottom shelf and okay. it blends in because above it is the lint chocolate. <laughs> Their packages are so very similar. So much so that when I've been researching stuff for our show each week and scanning through supermarket aisles, oh, yeah. I honestly did not notice that this was a different product to the lint blocks because they are almost identical. They've got the white box packaging yeah. uh, on the outside, chocolate pitch in the middle, the Swiss flag and stuff like that. The font is very similar. So I'm not sure if one or the other has inadvertently copied from their, you know, competitor, but it's not doing them any justice because uh, even though the Lint logo itself looks different to the Frey logo, where they're positioned on the, the supermarket shelf, I just could not tell them apart. Yeah. I'd just been scanning completely past them. I'd see the lint stuff and assume that that entire portion of the shelf yeah. was all lint. <laughs> but no, there's two different competing chocolate brands um, that are apart from each other, but both stack next to each other on the shelf to the point that they are indistinguishable. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure if that affects their sales here in Australia, but uh, yeah, I, I would not have recognized or realized they're different blocks except once i really looked into it lint have gone off into the gourmet chocolate range with their blocks and fray have some very interesting combinations <laughs> so we'll uh, have a look at those after the break as we pit them head to head but uh, let us know if you've had fray chocolate before 0439 329 or jump on the afternoon delight facebook page Ladies and gentlemen, strap yourselves in for this week's great confectionery debate as we pit two similar lollies against each other to decide an overall champion. Yeah. 
it is time and afternoon delight for us to go head to head with the Frey brand chocolates. Now, we've got a couple of different uh, things here. Now, I, I should say the sticks are kind of what got us onto this topic. I'd been looking at them the last couple of weeks going, huh, they look different. And then that's where we've ended up on this uh, journey to finding the, the Frey block of chocolate, which, as I said before the break, looks eerily similar to yeah. its its lint counterpart. Now, the thing about the Frey is they use dark chocolate for a majority of their blocks, mm. and it's dark chocolate with another flavour. So the Frey Supreme block, so what we're going to be looking at, alongside the Sticks, which is S-T-I-X-X. Yeah. Yeah. So which one do we want to kick off with first? I can do sticks. Sticks first? Okay. So they are uh, kind of chocolate bar shaped. Yeah. 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 A little bit longer, would you say, than your regular chocolate bar or similar length? Yeah, probably a bit longer. A bit longer. And uh, what have they got inside them? So there's two different flavours. We've got hazelnut milk chocolate bar and mint flavoured dark chocolate bar with hazelnut cream filling. So they're similar a little bit to the Kinder Bueno, maybe, in Mm. their design? Or maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Okay, so it looks thinner and longer than maybe a Boost bar. Yeah. It's got the indentations that the Boost has with its chocolate bumps on the outside, but these are are these hazelnut pieces, you said? Yeah. And then the chocolate center. Oh. <laughs> Deceptively, I, I was assuming that was going to... Um, I don't know what I thought it was going to do, but I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to do that. When I um, crunched down my teeth, it just popped. <laughs> um, okay. Talk us through. What's the flavors? It's really soft. Mm. You can taste the hazelnut. It's, yeah, the, the hazelnut pieces, even though they're big chunks, is, does it have hazelnut through the chocolate as well or just the um, hazelnut pieces? I think it's just the hazelnut pieces, maybe. I'm not sure. Because it tastes like it's through the chocolate, but it could just be the fact that there's so many bits of hazelnut. It tastes like solid Nutella. That's my yeah, it does <laughs> comparison. It's not the centre that's got hazelnut flavour; it is just the outside. Um, it does chew well, like it's a, a soft centre. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Yeah, it sort of does taste like a thing of Nutella. Mm. So it's a hazelnut cream filling. That's, yeah. that's why I'm getting so much hazelnut yeah. uh, taste. So the the second one is still going to have a hazelnut cream filling, but a dark mint chocolate on the outside. Yeah. So they should taste similar, except I'm predicting that the uh, the mint sticks going to have a, a stronger mint flavour just on the outside. Uh-huh. So again, yeah, long, thin. Despite the fact it's longer, it, it's 
about a third the size where in its diameter of your regular chocolate bars. If I'm thinking, I'm, I'm comparing it to a boost bar because that's kind of the yeah. the picture that I've got. Same shape. Probably. Yeah. Um, and those little bumps of hazelnut in this one, whereas yeah. I think they're biscuit pieces in a boost, like little biscuit yeah. crumb. Not sure. But that's that's kind of the look of them. This one, markedly different in uh, the the dark chocolate on the outside. Uh-huh. It's very... Does it have a... Uh, does it tell you what percentage of chocolate this one is? Because um, when I'm looking at it or comparing it to just the hazelnut stick, no... No hint? I don't think so. No, okay. Well, it's it's looking quite dark. Yeah. Mm. Okay, biting down on that. Again, got quite a crunchy exterior. This one feels a lot tougher mm. than the other one. I'm wondering if that's because it's the dark chocolate as opposed to the milk chocolate. Mm. It seems to have more of a solid outer layer. For some reason, I can taste um, coconut oil. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> um, I'm getting very dark chocolate taste in my mouth. Slight fleck of mint. It's not as powerful as the, the Arnott's Obsession mint chocolate that we had earlier. But mm-hmm. I can possibly see where you're going with the coconut oil. In the, in, um, in the cream filling, it says it's got coconut oil. So Okay, right yeah. Maybe they uh, <laughs> poured too much in. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I'm having a chocolate overload at the moment. <laughs> If we just pit those two against each other for now, because uh, they're both technically hazel sticks, just the hazelnut or the mint, what's your preference? I reckon I like the hazelnut one. Mm. Like, the mint is nice, but I'm not a fan of the, the very dark, dark outer layer. Yeah. There's, there's something... Like, it's it's a nice combination, but... There's something just that little bit needs a tweak, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll clean the palate <laughs> and we'll come back to go. Uh, there's three different uh, flavors from the Supreme block that I've got here. Um, so we'll take a very quick break and we'll go head to head with those three right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, strap yourselves in for this week's great confectionery debate as we pit two similar lollies against each other to decide an overall champion. Okay, we're back for round two of our head-to-head debate today. We're looking at Frey's Chocolate, Switzerland's most loved chocolate according to their packaging, number one in Switzerland. Uh, as we said, they've been producing Swiss chocolate for more than 130 years. Now, the blocks of chocolate that they have on offer come in various degrees of dark chocolate mixed with another flavour. So, just going off their website, uh, they have got 
heaps of different flavours. Um, their flat bars come in a range of extra fine milk chocolate, caramel sea salt, um, intense dark, mint dark, orange dark, milk crunchy hazelnut. They have crunchy clouds, which are coconut um, infused chocolate. But as I said, each of their blocks tells you on the outer layer what percentage of dark chocolate it is. So it does give you a bit of a warning. <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking that that also would give you a bit of a heads up on the intensity of the, the flavour. So I went for three very different flavours of um, chocolate. One is the milk extra fine, just so we've got a bit of a baseline of what their milk chocolate tastes like. Yeah. And then uh, I got a mint one for you, Max. <laughs> but then blueberry and almond which oh. sounds like a very unique combination indeed. Never had blueberry in a chocolate. No, that's why I was looking at going, hmm, that's that's unique. Like we've had sea salt before or salted caramel. There's been choc orange, but uh, blueberry, quite a unique combination. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought, yeah, we'll start with this extra fine milk chocolate. It comes in a cardboard packaging, then foil lining. Oh, gosh. The cubes are... Well, they're not cubes because it's a flat block, but they're uh, almost Squares a... Squares are big. <laughs> yeah, it's almost a, a block of chocolate in itself, just one square. <laughs> what would that be? Have you got your magic measuring stick anywhere handy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are we calling uh, this square of chocolate? About four and a half centimetres by three and a half centimetres. Yeah, so it's a big, big chunk of choc. Yeah. That in itself would be a, a good couple of chocolate buttons. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's... I'm wondering if the pattern is anything to do with phrase. It's not a Swiss flag. Could just be uh, a unique design. Bit of a zigzaggy yeah. thing on the top. Uh, let's have a bit of a nibble and let me know what you're thinking of the... What were they calling it? The Milk Extra Fine. It's got a touch of ground hazelnut through it. It's a smooth milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very creamy. Melt in your mouth or not quite? If no. It's a little bit melt in your mouth, but yeah. Still holds up in your mouth. Mm. So it's 31% cocoa solids and 25% milk solid, which is why it's extra fine mm-hmm. compared to some of the other darker chocolates that we've got coming, which are a 55% cocoa solid for the, the dark mint and 72% cocoa solid for the blueberry. Um, but yeah, comparing to other chocolates that we'd have here in Australia... Um, I can see why it would be uh, rating reasonably well. As we mm. said, rated as uh, Switzerland's best-selling chocolate brand. Yeah. As of 2020. But yeah, very smooth. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll compare that then to the Mint, which is a dark chocolate blend with... Is it a Mint Center? No, a Peppermint Finish. Oh, grief. <laughs> Looks terrifying. To those who aren't uh, fans of dark chocolate. 
I may have dropped the block at one stage because it looks like it's shattered into several thousand pieces. I'll let <laughs> you uh, enjoy that, <laughs> Max. I promise it was the same uh, rectangular shape. Yeah. But we've got shards of dark chocolate now. Probably better off not eating the whole thing if it's this dark. <laughs> it, well, we've got darker to come yet. So this is only 55%, uh-huh. and already it's very dark brown. Yeah. It's hard to describe the uh, the intensity. I'm wondering if the, uh, the actual blueberry block is going to come out black because uh, this is a very, very dark brown. It's crunchy. Crunchy. I'm looking for flecks of green to um, be the light at the end of the tunnel for putting this in my mouth, but I'm struggling to see any. There's no flecks, but there's a couple of crunchy bits of mint. Does it have a mint taste? That's the question. Mm. A little bit. A little bit. It's not as intense as I thought it was going to be. It's... Mm -hmm. The thing I don't like about dark chocolate is just how dry it tastes. Yeah. So, it's giving my mouth a coating of that cocoa taste. I don't even think the the mint can (laughs) save it. Yeah. There's barely any mint. I, I can taste it ever so slightly, but... Yeah. I'm just getting that dried out mouth feeling. Yeah. That intense cocoa flavour. Sorry, phrase, but uh, the mint ain't hitting the mark for me. <laughs> if you'd put it through your extra fine milk chocolate, I'm sure I would have enjoyed it a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see then if they can redeem themselves with this unique blend of blueberry and almond. It's basically black in the packaging. It is. Oh, <laughs> I honestly <laughs> didn't think chocolate could get darker. We have had 90% chocolate on this show before, though. Yeah. So uh, we have technically eaten darker chocolate. Do you want the whole... Yeah. Yeah, give it a shot. Um, mine's come off in a small triangle. I can see little pieces of almond Yeah. through the centre. And then there might be tiny, tiny, tiny bits of blueberry with their blueberry granules. So, gosh, it's not even fresh, you know, dried blueberry. It's blueberry sugar, basically. Righto. You're nibbling on that, Max, looking forlorn. At first, it's not too bad. Mm Mm-hmm. But then... But then you chew it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting the same sensation. Oh, yuck. (laughs) What a waste of blueberry. That could have been really nice. Yet again, I reckon that would have been better in the milk chocolate. Yeah, exactly. It tastes dusty. <laughs> and it gets worse after you've yeah. eaten it. It's it. Maybe it's just the fact that I'm so accustomed to a sugary, sweet-tasting chocolate... And I know that dark chocolate is better for you, but this honestly tastes like eating a mouthful of cocoa. Just a bit more, bit more cocoa than you need in yeah, dark chocolate. That's it. And I'm not sure if it's because I've started with a sugary chocolate, with the the milk chocolate one, 
and that's why it's tasting so dry. Mm. But I'm really not enjoying that at all. Yeah. Uh, sadly, I was I was looking forward to that being some sort of amazing new. Yep, that's my favourite chocolate now, <laughs> blueberry and almond. But no, that's that's into the bin. <laughs> uh, how are you rating the three different flavours we had? Um, the way we ate it. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way to redeem? No. I think we just need to take the quickest of quick breaks and get out of here. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Afternoon Delight. We'll be back to unwrap our Kinder Surprise after this. It is time for us to unwrap our Kinder Surprise and get out of here, Max. Uh, the foil is off. The case is open. Chocolate's just going everywhere. <laughs> it seems to be that sort of day. What do we got? What are they? They're cardboard pieces, which has the earth on it and seasons, I reckon. Then oh, okay. another one with animals. And they're all connected in... Do they... Ah, oh, what's that? A spinner? No? Yeah. Do they Spinning battle each other or something? Top. And then... Not quite sure what these ones are for. <laughs> are there any instructions at all? Yep. So a spinning top and is it two landscape... No, because there's animals. Ah. It's a, um... Looks like a memory game or something. Okay. You need to spin the spinning top. Yes. And then whatever it Spins lands up. on, then you need to find the matching one. Ah, uh, so they're not pictures. meant to be joined together. You pull them apart as to separate cards. So you get the matching animal from the matching background place. Right. So do you pull the cards apart so they're face down on the table, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Pull them apart. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so they're only joined together for ease of being inside the chocolate egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not actually like a barrier or a border or anything. Yeah. They're separate matching cards, so you can play memory or uh, something similar, and then spin the spinner to try and find the card the fastest. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, does the spinner have different sides to it? No. It's just the places. Ah, okay. Then you have to find what would live in that place. So do you want yeah. to describe what places are on the cards? So there's a bush. There's snowy mountains. Just a big paddock sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Ocean, desert, and ice. Cool. And then the different animals. There's... Penguins, seals, and polar bears. Then camels, lizards, and that. 
then deer, buffalo and eagles, then whales, dolphins and octopus. I think I can work out which one goes yeah. where, <laughs> thankfully. Well, there you go. That is uh, that is the show for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. Just a reminder, if you want to get in contact with the show and suggest future editions, head to Afternoon Delight, the OCRFM Lolly Show on Facebook, where we share all sorts of sweet treats throughout the week. Uh, up there at the moment, there's some information about the Oak Flavor Generator finalists. Uh, Dan's Cherry on Chalk and Erin's Mum's Caramel Slice are the two flavors in contention to come out as the brand new Oak flavors that you can vote for. Uh, we also have our Caramello Koala Fun Facts and uh, History from the last episode. And uh, some recipes and stuff like that as well as details about this week's upcoming Talking About Your Generation Trivia and Games Night, a fundraiser for OCRFM. And speaking of fundraisers, it would be very remiss of me if I didn't remember to say that uh, Domino's Pizza opening this week, uh, they've got a special dough raiser for community groups. So purchases of pizza and garlic bread will donate money to selected charities, OCRFM, is Tuesday. So if you happen to be having a pizza night on Tuesday and you buy a family pizza and a garlic bread, you'll be supporting your community radio station at the same time. So uh, we'd love to hear if uh, folks do that. And a big thank you to Domino's for um, yeah getting in contact and offering that support to the community as they're opening up. Uh-huh. That's it for us. Stick around for Australian music is bloody great. And all things going well, we'll be back next Sunday. Yeah. Bye-bye. See ya. Tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clear in the light of day. Then you know the night is always gonna be there anyway. Working up my appetite Looking forward to a little afternoon delight Rubbing sticks and stones together Makes the sparks ignite And the thought of love and you Is getting so exciting Skyrockets in flight Afternoon delight